We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, let's get back into it inside the 9 o'clock hour, KM to AM. We've got three more hours to talk all around the sports conversations. Whatever you guys want to talk about, I'll lead the way. Uh, we've got a bunch of people calling the line. Please call me up, 877-337-6666, and we can literally talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, I have sprinkled in some topics of my own. We had a guest from MLB or MLB Network. I'm a guest from MLB Network. We had a guest from NFL Network, Mike Giardi, join us. Uh, we opened up with the DeMar Hamlin story and updates. Today was the day. Today was a great day that uh, I think a lot of people were able to uh, get some relief and um, just feel better about the situation. And obviously we're talking about the Jets and their quarterback situation, the Giants and uh, their playoff chances. And uh, you just heard... Omar Minaya is with the Yankees now, former Mets GM. And, yeah, you know, I was telling someone the other day, I was just like, I, I, I don't think it's that foreign that you can be a Yankees fan that doesn't watch the Mets. Like, I also don't watch the Kansas City Royals. I understand they're further away, right? But, I like, I also wasn't keeping up with the Phillies or uh, the Boston Red Sox. It's just like, you in baseball, I think more than any other sport, you watch your team because it's every day. It's 162 games. You you can't watch two baseball games at once. You can. I was in the MLB fan cave. We watched 2,430 regular season games. We literally had every major league baseball game on the big screens at all time. But that's hard to do. I like to watch a baseball game and watch every single part of it. Who's pitching? What's his pitch count? What's he throwing? Who's coming up to hit? Like like I like to like actually like be locked in on the game. And uh, you can't really watch two baseball games, in my opinion. You can kind of be watching, but you can't actually take in everything that you need to know to watch a game. And I wasn't checking for the Mets. I never really was until this year. Like I, you know, didn't care to check in and watch R.A. Dickey back then or David Wright or whoever. You know, I'm a Yankees fan, and I think there's a lot of Yankees fans that don't spend time looking at the other side. They're Yankees fans, but Omar Minaya comes over. That's more crosstown crossover. I've Talked about a lot of the crosstown crossover things uh, from Eric Chavez and the Mets stealing him away to be their hitting coach last year and obviously Buck Showalter's connection. And, you know, we had the whole old-timers day thing and Howie Rose checked in last year. And, yeah, you know, if you've listened to the fan, you understand what I'm talking about. So happy to see that the Mets are, um, or the, the Yankees grab a guy from the Mets that I think is going to be able to help them, Harvey from Dix Hill said that, you know, he's a expert in the, the Latin players, and we all know about the uh, Latin player explosion over the last two decades or so in Major League Baseball, and here we are, another season. World Baseball Classic coming up. I'm looking forward to it. So, baseball fans, hit me up with your questions and your thoughts. Let's go to Santa Cruz, California. Chris is on the fan. Hey, Keith. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for calling up. Yeah, of course. Um, so today I was, like, reading the New York Post today, and I saw that today was Benintendi's press conference, and I don't know, it just kind of annoyed me that 
when he mentioned that Ben and Cindy wanted to be in a place where he was desired. And so to me, like, I don't know, that just, that just really annoyed me. Cause I just, I, two things, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, first off, like, Benintendi to me is still the guy that plays for the Boston Red Sox. Benintendi, like he he barely had a cup of coffee here. His coffee got cold. You know he 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 played yeah. for a month, uh, and and he, what he hit like two fifty. He had like two home runs. Yeah. yeah, he it wasn't he didn't make a huge impact. And I think the fans were more excited about the impact that he could make. And I was on the fans saying as soon as he got hurt. Right, a couple weeks went by. You heard Matt Carpenter talk about, "I'm coming back to help this team. This won't be the last like, you see of me." I didn't hear anything I from like Andrew Benintendi. Be yeah, so he's talking. I, I whatever he's talking now, bro. He's saying all of that to, um, you know, kind of kiss up to the Chicago White Sox fans. But like, let's be for exactly. real. He also said he thinks that they they're gonna win a championship or that they're building a championship contender in they're Chicago. Not. No way. No way. So he's and, saying anything. I and I, I don't care for Ben Intendi. He like he's a flash in the pan. Uh I've got I've got more of a connection to Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo was here for longer and was <laughs> I've watched more live games of Joey Gallo than Andrew Benintendi. I, we'll we'll forget that he was a Yankee in ten years. It'll be a trivia question. Yeah, that's true. I mean, although he has a bunch of uh, Red Sox DNA in him, I mean I was all in on him when the Yankees got him in the deadline, you know, it was nice that Cashman caught a, a Yeah, Cashman went all in, and that's unfortunate, too, because Cashman sent some good arms for him. But you know what I also think he meant by, oh, wanted to be in a place that you were desired? The Yankees weren't going to give him that five years, $75 million. He's not that good. Exactly. But I think that I think we kind of dodged a bullet on Benintendi, and that's money that we could use elsewhere. Yeah, and he saw the Yankees go give Judge... Forty million a year, and then go get Carlos Rodon. He's like, "Hey, what about me?" And we're like, "We we don't love you like that. Go ahead, find somebody that loves you like that. Go to Chicago. Exactly. Be be the guy out there. Good luck. Good luck." Exactly, because Benintendi is not worth seventy five million dollars, in my opinion. He's not. No way. I I think he's a good player, but I I said a couple times, is he a perennial All Star? Is he an MVP candidate? No. Is he somebody? He's not. Like, nah, we could we can get his production out of somebody else for less. Exactly, and I remember when he was coming up with the Red Sox, he was supposed to be uh, a better player than what he what he is now. For sure. Remember, uh, and the Red that, Sox, I, the Red Sox let him go, and then he was with the Royals, and it's like, okay, the Royals. Uh, he had a, he had a good last like two years. I think he won a Gold Glove, and uh, he started to ball a little more in the last couple years. But I, I I just I don't have this attachment, and even like looking on Yankees Twitter. Some people that are like, oh, it's wrong to see Benintendi in a White Sox uniform. What are you talking about? He's been in a Red Sox, White Sox, Royals, and Yankees uniform in the last, like, four years. Yeah, so good riddance, and don't let the door hit you on the way out. Pretty much, bro. That's how I feel about it. I, I, I can't wait to forget the guy. I saw some of the talk around that today. I'm like, whatever. That's a non-story. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just, it just kind of annoyed me, and... I just felt he didn't have the stones to play in New York. He didn't. No. He looked like he didn't want. To, he looked like he didn't want to be here. I know and it's I a minor like, thing, dude, but I'm I'm in the bleachers with the creatures, and we do roll call, and 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 we anticipate 
guys' first roll calls. We anticipate their second, third, fourth. Like when they're new here, we get pumped up to chant their name and see how they respond to the roll call. And his first roll call was underwhelming. Like he didn't know it was coming or he didn't care. And I was like, screw this guy. He's a Red Sox. He's a a former Red Sox, and he's got too much Boston in his blood. The biggest moment for him was uh, the being on the Yankees and going back to Fenway to like reconnect with his old pals. Yeah, but so good, good riddance. Good riddance. Goodbye. We'll see him. We'll see him when we uh, run into the White Sox. The White Sox lost their MVP, Jose Abreu. Who's managing their team? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, and another thing. I want. Uh, I. How do you feel about uh, Brian Sabian and uh, Omar Minaya? I mean, I, I, this is how I feel because I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with them. These are guys behind the scenes, older guys that have been around for decades, and like, I don't know, I'm not a front office guy as far as like, I definitely couldn't name GMs around the league. I, I know who Brian Cashman is. I know who you know a couple of these other guys is or are. Um, but like, I feel like what it is is Hal Steinbrenner saying, "Hey, Cash, you know, we left it to you and Michael Fishman for X amount of years. We left it to you and whatever minions you have." Working underneath you, I think we need some other voices in the room. It is time to get back to the World Series. We were this close. Yeah. There's one team we need to beat, and we're doing everything to close the gap on that one team. No more of this. The league has closed the gap on us. We're the New York Yankees. We have the best player in baseball. We have the best rotation in baseball. It is time to climb the mountaintop and get back on top and bring a parade back to New York City. Yep. I saw Brian bringing Brian Sabian was a good move because I, I don't know if you know, but he was the one who originally drafted, you know, Jeter, Posada, um, Bernie Williams. Yeah, so I he, read that in the uh, article. Sounds good. You know, back then I was in elementary school, like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't really connect with me. I hope that it translates. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope it turns into them figuring out something with uh, Volpe and Peraza and Cabrera and the next young wave of players from Dominguez to Wells to Piera, whoever. Um, I just think that the fans cried out over the last few years. Like, there are diehard Yankees fans that they just hate Brian Cashman. I'm not one of them. I, I've tipped my cap to Cashman, pat him on the back for things like the Harrison Bader move, um, you know, sticking with Nestor Cortez, bringing Clay Holmes here, uh, other other moves that he's made. I've, I've, I've always been a Brian Cashman defender, but I kind of I feel like I kind of lost faith after uh, 2020 when we not 2020 2021 when we lost the wild card game, and he gives a, a three year extension to Boone. I, I was just kind of scratching my head at that. Yeah, well, like, what, I like, think Cash, are, Cashman and Hal did that. He you know, and they, these guys are attached at the hip. You know, Cashman that. I, I've thought this for a while. There was an interview where Cashman said that he hopes that Aaron Boone has as much time here as Joe Torre and Joe Girardi, and that told me everything. As much as yep. fans were like, oh, this guy isn't it. Aaron Boone is this. He's that. We need another voice. He won 100 games a couple times. He won 99 games last year, and they took this guy out of the TV booth and into the clubhouse because he's an extension of the front office. He's going to do their bidding. He is a baseball mind. He's a great guy, and I definitely think he has respect to the players. Aaron Judge spoke so highly of him. Aaron Judge is an Aaron Boone guy. But, uh, you know, I felt that way too when I was looking at, you know, the Red Sox beat the Yankees in the wild card, then go on a run, and they read up 
Aaron Boone as their first move in the offseason after the 2021 up and down season. I'm like, really? They're not even going to open up yeah. the search. His contract is up, and they're just like, here you go, here's a fresh one. But that's because they already put it out there. They want him to have like eight, nine years. Yeah. I always always felt when Girardi was fired, I felt they should have went with Rob Thompson, the, the Phillies manager. And look at uh, Rob Thompson. I mean, when they fired Girardi, they, they, took, they took the – I always use this analogy – this team was a game away from going to the World Series. They were young, they were fast, they were energetic looking, and it's like, here's the keys to the Ferrari, right? Joe Joe Girardi got to drive it for the end of that season, and they just said, here you go, Boone, it's yours now. And Boone didn't exactly get it to the destination. He drove it around, it looked nice for a little while, but then it ran out of gas, and we'll see if they can get to the World Series to the Fall Classic under Aaron Boone. I think they have the players I think now the Yankee brass has changed. There's some elder statesmen, some more experience in the room, um, but they they know it's one. There's one goal here, and it's uh you you sign a guy like Aaron Judge to a nine year deal, you better win two World Series in the next nine years. There should be some motivation from what happened in the ALCS last year. I mean that's just unacceptable. Yeah. Getting swept, getting swept at home. We got to exercise some demons in Yankee Stadium this season, man. The the Astros just, swept us and, and, and celebrated on our field. I, my eyes were burning. I wanted to tear my eyes oh, out watching so that. Mad. And, uh, you know, so mad. I spoke on how being booed, they ruined Derek Jeter's night. I, I blame Aaron Hicks for that and Frankie Montas and, and the fans booed how. And, and we got to exercise some demons. We need a cleansing. Maybe they need to bring uh, Kyrie in with the Sage to Sage the place. <laughs> and another thing, too, get. They need to find a way to get Josh Donaldson off the team. Well, that's another reason why people hate Brian Cashman. They're like, what are you doing, bro? Why would you bring him here? He called out Garrett Cole. He's not good anymore. He's washed. What are you doing? We love Gio to God. We love Gio Urshela. And you're going to put Josh Donaldson at third base? And then they started, like, leading him off early in the season last year. I was like, this sucks. Oh, that quote that Cashman had? Well, we love, what was it? Never love forget Gio it. Urshela, but he's, he's, he's no, no Josh Donaldson. Donaldson. Well, Josh Donaldson's I mean, no Josh Donaldson but, anymore. Gio might be better than him now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Keith. I hope you have a good night. You too. Thanks for the call, Chris. Yankee fans, hit me up. We could chat just like that. I know you guys have said the same things I've been saying. I know we've had these conversations a ton, but we're this close to... Spring training, pitchers and catchers, and starting it up all over again. The winter is uh, shorter than it is long at this point, and I'm getting ready for it. I'm, I'm excited about it. They're making moves. These count as moves, right? I know everybody's focused on left field. I know everybody's focused on uh, getting Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson out of here, but I like the moves to know that it's not just Brian Cashman, right? that it's not just Brian Cashman at the, the top of the food chain. There's some other guys with respect and experience in there as well that might say, hey, Brian, hold on. I don't know about this. Hey, Booney, how about we think about using this guy? How about we bat this guy here? How about we take a look at this player? It, it, it's going to help. It's certainly going to help. They were already in the Final Four. They already have won a bunch of games in the past couple years. It's, it's coming. It's on the way. And it will be glorious when it happens, keep McPherson on the fan. BRB.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Already at the halfway mark of my show tonight. If you'd like to join the show, you know the number to dial. We've got people on hold. Let's get to them. I think I've said enough. I think I've added a fair amount of topics, and uh, I can tell because the calls reflect that there are a few different things that people want to talk about. So let's get into it. Thanks for joining me. Marty, down in Fort Lauderdale, you're on the fan. Hey, man. How are you doing, Keith? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I just want to, I mean, of course, uh, while I was waiting on hold, I didn't know the uh, Demar Hamlin is so you know it, it was it's it's beautiful. Good, good radio. You know we're we're it, supposed it, to be praying. a news uh, you know sports news here at WFAN. So yeah, man. No, I've I've been praying for two days and for waiting for him to come out of it. And when you said that, I was like, come on, hold. I'm like, holy crap. Man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, it's it been an interesting be- week. It is beautiful. You still there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, I thought I lost you. Anyway, my, my subject was, uh, and also for uh, the doctor who called, uh, I have an, an answer for him and a site that I've started up that he would be ideal on. So if you guys can call me back somehow, I, I can get him the message if he can call in, Harvey. And uh, anyway. What I'll do is put you on hold after you're done with your call and your topic. I meant to put Harvey on hold, but we went to break. So maybe I can put you on hold. Connor will get your information. Harvey will call back. That'll be great. And then we'll be able to pair you guys up with that. All right, here's here's my thing. Um, I'm a New York Jet fan for I'm 60 years old. I've been a Jet fan since I'm I don't know seven or eight when they won the Super Bowl, and I didn't have a clue about football. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, here's the problem. I mean, it's not a problem. Here's my situation. Here's my thinking. All right, the defense is solid. All right. The cube, the quarterback, is weak. He's a marshmallow. All right? If they don't get either Rodgers or Garoppolo, because I've looked at the rest of the field, Rodgers, if you look at his stats, this man is still on the upswing. All right? And all he needs is the defense that the Jets have and maybe a a draft pick and make the offensive line solid, the Jets will go to the Super Bowl and possibly win it. It'll be the same thing as um, Peyton Manning going to the uh, Denver Broncos. It will be the same exact thing. It will can be I, war is glory can I jump years. in for a second? I'm glad sure, that I'm you sorry, mentioned sorry. that, and they've been calling that the mercenary quarterback. We've seen Peyton Manning go win a Super Bowl with the Broncos late in his career. We saw Tom Brady go win a Super Bowl with the Bucks late in his career. We saw Matt Stafford go win a Super Bowl late in his career. They thought Russell Wilson was going to go to Denver and do that. It doesn't always work, but it is but every, the way of the modern-day NFL, and the, the Jets have to try it. They have to. Every one of the teams you just said have what? 
a defense. great defense. They all have a great – every team you just said had a great defense. The Jets have a number five defense, maybe even higher. They have an excellent coach, but they need an OC. And they, there's no way Rodgers is going to come here with LaFleur. LaFleur is a rookie. You know, he, he doesn't even like his brother. and He's the head coach. They have to make a change, and that's it. And they will get Rodgers. Ask Rodgers. I mean, really, I mean, make a call to Rodgers and just say, who do you want as the OC? Let's win a Super Bowl or two. And that's it, man. It's that simple with the Jets because, you know, I'm not going to get into management and ownership, but, you know, it's a problem, and it's this is it. The window is open right now, and if they keep going to this kid that they choked on the on – the, uh, coaching on because they never have anybody with experience you have to light it up right now with rogers i mean the Derek cars in the picture come on man the guys never i mean please rogers is the man he's been there he knows how to do it every year 13 and 3 look at his look at the stats anyway i'll shut up go ahead no great call thanks for the call marty i'll take it from there i don't believe aaron Rodgers wants to come to new york I believe that he has a compound, a mansion in Wisconsin, and he plans on retiring in one uniform. You know what he did? He was a guy that wasn't drafted number two overall like Zach Wilson. Uh, I spoke tonight about Tom Brady and the chip that he had on his shoulder and coming into the league and having to sit behind Drew Bledsoe, but then having to work, and then once he got his opportunity, just taking off from there. Aaron Rodgers is similar. I think Aaron Rodgers went like 22 overall. Alex Smith went uh, first that year. And you remember, there was a little bit of beef with him and Brett Favre. Now, with Brett Favre's nonsense that he involved himself in this past year off the field, obviously he's been retired. Brett Favre's legacy is tarnished. Who's the greatest quarterback in the history of the Green Bay Packers? Well, in the recent history of the Green Bay Packers, they're going to say Aaron Rodgers. Multiple MVPs, multiple trips to the playoffs, even though he's come up short, and he does have one Super Bowl. They may be in the playoffs again this year, but I feel like he's frustrated with them. They drafted Jordan Love before they thought about drafting him a receiver. It was like for years they just figured, oh, we got Aaron Rodgers. He can rock with anybody. We don't have to get him help. We don't have to get him top talent. We'll have a couple old guys. Like, he went from, like, Jordy Nelson, and luckily they had Devontae Adams. But I feel like this. You check on it, right? Woody Johnson and the Jets need to leave no stone unturned. They need a mercenary quarterback. Enough with the Zach Wilson project. I'm not even a Jets fan. I'm an NFL fan, and I I live in Jersey, and I've gone to a few Jets games over the years. I was at that first Jets game where... This kid threw three interceptions in his first attempts. I wish I never saw that. <laughs> the experiment is over. And I understand if you want to keep him around for another year because he is under contract and you want to see if he develops. But I, I do hear people call the fan and, and suggest that if Zach Wilson goes somewhere else and balls out, like they're going to regret it. No, you're not. Not if you have a mercenary quarterback that leads you to a Super Bowl and you win, or if you have a quarterback that just has you competitive for the next few years, and there's a few guys coming available. The pipe dream is Aaron Rodgers. The the pie-in-the-sky option is Tom Brady. They're not realistic, but anything can happen. Derek Carr is more of an option that's realistic. Jimmy Garoppolo is more 
of someone that I could see. Like, I think Jimmy Garoppolo makes too much sense, especially if Rob Sala wants to keep Mike LaFleur. The San Francisco ties, they're right there. Lamar Jackson is the guy I would love to see here because I just know you talk about you put a Lamar Jackson on this team. He's going to be able to get the ball to Garrett Wilson on these little slant routes and these little uh, drag routes and coming across the middle or whatever, or even down the field deep. But also, you have two tight ends in Conklin and Uzama. Look what he did with Mark Andrews. This kid, I don't know if he's if he's holding out, if he's hurt, if his knee is banged up, and and you know he wants his big money from um, the Ravens, and if they're not going to do that, they may franchise tag him. Who knows? But when you think about the quarterbacks available, this is the offseason that the Jets have to – they can say whatever they want about Zach Wilson. He, he needs to go read a book. They should have got him some help. Uh, in hindsight, he should have sat first year, whatever. I'm tired of saying Zach Wilson's name. I wish we could stop talking about Zach Wilson. Go get a veteran quarterback – that can give this team a chance to compete every week and potentially get to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. It's right in front of you. What What's the point in attaching yourself to Zach Wilson? You're going to die hard on that pick? You've made other dumb picks. D. Milliner, Vernon Goldston. Like we can go through the other dumb first-round picks that the Jets made that they weren't attached to. I really just can't buy that Rob Sala and this crew will put their career on the line, their jobs on the line, with this 23-year-old kid from Utah. It's wild to me that this whole season was spent talking about Zach Wilson. He's our guy. He's our quarterback. Not making a quarterback change. Not considering it. Nope. Not at all. And then you bench him twice. He's inactive twice. Then you have your team wearing Mike White shirts and trolling this kid online. What a mess. He's 23 years old. He's got guys 5, 10, 15 years older than him laughing at him. You know why? Because they don't respect him. And I guess I've heard that he's a hard worker and he studies film and he shows up. Whatever, it's not translating. The guy that works hard in practice, the guy that works hard in the film room and it doesn't convert, like you don't get the full respect because what's the point in putting in the work if you don't get any results? I'm, I'm telling you, they look at Zach Wilson like this kid was drafted out of BYU, number two, given the starting role without having to earn it, without having to fight for it, without having to compete for it. And that's kind of like being privileged and spoiled in a way. And it didn't work out. It blew up in the Jets' face. So what are you going to do to fix it? You're going to go through hell and high water, water to fix Zach Wilson? Stop that. Go get yourself a veteran quarterback. There's plenty of them out there. And I wouldn't even be against looking through the draft and getting another guy. See if you can trade Zach Wilson for a, a fifth or sixth round pick. And then go pick up somebody like a Brock Purdy late in the draft. Go pick up a Davis Mills late in the draft. They're out there. You just got to do the work. And I don't believe that the Jets do the work. I don't know if they have the guys in the scouting department to do the work. It's not hard to scout Sauce Gardner. It's not hard to scout Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall, Jermaine Johnson. Those guys are, are, everybody looked at them and said they're NFL caliber guys. They're not just NFL caliber, they're Pro Bowl guys. But, like, for you to find a quarterback, a homegrown quarterback, you you struck out on that. Should have kept Sam Darnold. It's another guy, right? Are Jets fans concerned about Sam Darnold? Are Jets fans concerned about Geno Smith? Not really. 
I guess you see them do well elsewhere and you wish it could have worked out better here, but you're not losing any sleep over that. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. We'll be back after this quick timeout. Hey, yo. All right. Before we take another call, we have to kind of like pause the show. I got some information you might want to know. That rhymes. That was almost a flow. Hey, let's go. All right. So the NFL just put out the information that all NFL fans need to know regarding the game. It is officially confirmed that the Buffalo Bills Bengals game is not going to be resumed, canceled. Um, Bear with me because it's a lot of reading. And I think I have pretty good reading skills, but I'm going to try and read this word for word off of the NFL website for everyone to listen. And uh, you also can, you know, pull it up there for yourself. It's on Twitter. Adam Schefter put it out there as well. Um, There's three different scenarios. Uh, The NFL announced today that the Week 17 Buffalo Bills at Cincinnati Bengals game will not be resumed and has been canceled. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed all clubs of his decision earlier today after speaking with the Bills and Bengals. Uh, I don't care about this Goodell quote. We're going to skip that. Among the key factors in arriving at this decision, not playing the Buffalo-Cincinnati game to its conclusion will have no effect on which clubs qualify for the postseason. No club would qualify for the postseason and no club would be, will be eliminated based on the outcome of this game. It would require postponing the start of the playoffs for one week, thereby affecting all 14 clubs that qualify for postseason play. Making the decision prior to week 18 is consistent with our competitive principles and enables all clubs to know the playoff possibilities prior to playing the final weekend of the regular season game. So that basically is just telling you we're not going to try and make up this game because it would then change our entire schedule and mess everything up. This is a game that we're we're just going to scrap, and, and here's the rest of the stuff. Canceling the game between the Bills and Bengals creates potential competitive inequities in certain playoff scenarios. In an effort to mitigate those inequalities or those inequities, NFL clubs will consider tomorrow in a special league meeting. But that doesn't matter to me. Let me go through this. Okay, scenario one. The AFC Championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed and hosted the game had all AFC clubs played a full 17-game regular season. Those circumstances involve Buffalo or Cincinnati qualifying for the game as a road team. And here are the scenarios listed below. Scenario one, Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie, a Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Scenario two, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, a Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be played at a neutral site. Two, if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in Week 18, it will have defeated Cincinnati, a divisional opponent, twice, but will not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati will have a higher winning percentage for a 16-game schedule than Baltimore will have for a 17-game schedule. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati, and if those two clubs 
are scheduled to play a wild card game against one another, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. If Cincinnati wins Week 18, if or if Baltimore and Cincinnati are not scheduled to play one another in the wild card round, the game sites would be determined by the regular scheduling procedures. And in quotes, it says, as we considered the football schedule, our principles have been to limit disruption across the league and minimize competitive inequities, Goodell said. And I don't really care about what Goodell has to say. I just need the information. Okay, so basically what I'm getting from this is um, Buffalo is a cold place. Uh, Cincinnati is a cold place. And if they were to meet, we're just going to play in SoFi Stadium in L.A. (laughs) because it's a brand new stadium and NFL has headquarters out there in LA and the Rams aren't in it and the Chargers probably won't make it to the final thing. So, yeah, so I don't know. It's on Twitter. It's on NFL.com. I don't understand that coin toss. So let me go back to that that spot because I had a little pause there. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati and if those two clubs are scheduled to play a wild card game against one another, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, like, I need to break. I need to, I need to, <laughs> I, I read this a little bit during the break uh, on Twitter, and then I went to NFL to read it, like, larger, and I'm trying to figure out, like, what exactly does this change. And, okay, the scenarios are all based on what happens here in, in week 18. So in week 18, the Ravens face the Bengals at 1 o'clock in Cincinnati. And um, that's where this whole that's where this whole thing has multiple scenarios. But, the, like, I'm not going to hold you. The Bengals aren't going to lose to the Ravens. So, like, we don't even need those kind of scenarios. Unless they're resting guys, like, the Ravens are cooked. I fell asleep watching uh, Kenny Pickett come back and, and beat the Ravens. The, the Ravens, uh, Lamar's not going to play. If, is Lamar going to be active? Then we need all these scenarios. But Tyler Huntley, those boys, they can't score more than 10, 13 points. So I think what we're looking at, um, Cincinnati's going to win. So it's not going to come down to a coin toss with them. The, the real things that we're looking at, like I, I jokingly said, you know, Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie. Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site, which I'm fine with. What's the neutral site? I really think it's going to be L.A. Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. So scenario one and two are if Buffalo and Kansas City both Win or lose, uh, or, or scenario one is just Buffalo and Kansas City. Scenario two includes Baltimore, but Baltimore is not beating Cincinnati. Unless these guys are just, like, not trying or completely, like, shooken up still. Like, they're a much better team than the Ravens are. So, yep, that's all I've got. And uh, I think people now are on Twitter reacting to this. And I think, the you know, the last thing that Schefter put out was, yeah, if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati on Sunday... And those two clubs are scheduled to play in the wild card game against each other. The site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. And who's doing the coin toss and where and when? <laughs> and Schefter five minutes ago and says, and that wraps up tonight's edition of Thursday Night Football. So no football, but plenty of football.
The Bengals are now the AFC champs. The NFL never considered an eight playoff team being added, an eighth playoff team being added to each conference. See, that's why Twitter is is whack because like we don't know Elon Musk. You ruined it. We don't know who is who and what is what and what is credible and what is not. So somebody with a, a verified badge that they paid for can float out there that there might be an eighth team. Oh, the Jets have a chance, and that's not that they never considered that. For what? Why would you add? I, that's what I, that's one of the first things I think I said. We're not. They're not doing that. Potential neutral sites for a possible AFC championship game have not yet been determined. A number of options are being discussed. Let me think through those options. It's SoFi Stadium. It's a brand new stadium. Uh, maybe Atlanta. Atlanta's another place where like the Falcons are eliminated and they're always hosting college football. And I mean, the college football championship is being played at SoFi for the first time. Little uh, drama over the fact that these are college teams and college kids and uh, the culture of college football is tailgating and getting hammered before the game, and they're not allowed to do that in L.A. because uh, L.A., I don't know, it's a little different out there. Just like you're not allowed to tailgate at Dodger Stadium. If you remember once upon a time, uh, some Giants fans and some Dodgers fans got into it, and it wasn't pleasant. Uh, they don't do that out there in L.A. L.A. LA is not sweet in L.A. People think it's sweet. They think it's uh, California dreaming, but uh, it can get a little crazy. It can get a little hectic, so... If the Chiefs lose Saturday, which I don't expect Jared Stidham and the Raiders to beat them either, but you never know. Oh, Vegas is another good option. So my leading options for neutral sites are SoFi Stadium, Allegiant Stadium, and um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium down there in Atlanta. So if the Chiefs lose Saturday and the Bills win Sunday, the Bills are the number one seed. So no neutral sites would be needed in that case. I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose, though. And I also don't think the Bills are going to lose. So the Chiefs are most likely your number one seed, folks, in the AFC. Hmm. For the NFL, yeah, no, I got it now. I pretty much got it now. We'll see. The only thing, I I don't know, it's uh, any given Sunday, and it's the last week of the season. It's a little wacky. Some guys will be sitting some guys will be going hard for their contract incentives. Some guys will just be going hard to put some good film on for one last game to end the season before they go elsewhere. This whole thing has literally shaken up the NFL in an interesting plot twist. And uh, I'm interested to see it Sunday. Uh, Saturday, two-game Saturday. That's another thing. Like, the Chiefs game is played Saturday. If the Chiefs lose... The Bills will know going into Sunday against the Patriots, hey, if we beat the Patriots, we can be the number one seed. This is uh, this is an interesting turn of events here for sure. Keith McPherson on the fan. I got to go to the break and the update. I will read through some more of this, but I hope you got enough from what I put out there. Um, it's about you know the Chiefs winning, the Bills winning, the Bengals winning on Sunday, and it'll stay where it is, and I, I think I think that's going to happen. But if there's some kind of shakeup where Baltimore knocks off Cincinnati, then we've got a little bit of a different type of scenario with a coin toss. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll revisit it when we have to revisit it, and that'll be on Monday. KM to AM returns right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.